Hi, everyone. Welcome to this month's edition to the Family Shift Podcast. We are here with our live podcast audience. And can everybody joining us welcome those that are watching and listening to this month's edition to the Family Shift Podcast? Come on, everybody. Give them a round of applause. This is the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. Well, my name is Rodney Gage, and this is my wife, Michelle. Hey, everybody. We are the hosts of the Family Shift Podcast, where our goal is to try to do everything we can to help encourage and equip families to stop the drift and to make the shift so that they can live with greater intention. And you know, Michelle, this month's edition, we're dealing with somewhat of a hot potato topic. That's right. In that we're (laughs) dealing with an issue that a lot of people struggle with. In fact, we all struggle with it. Because it's the issue of how to handle conflict, because we all deal with conflict in our lives. And, you know, there's an old saying that says that it takes two to tango. Oh, yeah, it sure does. And not only does it take two to tango, but there's also an old saying that says opposites attract, but also opposites attack. Yes. And that's pretty amazing because when you think about it, (laughs) it seems like people who are different from one another are attracted to one another because it kind of, you know, balances each other out. But with those differences, sometimes can be some fireworks in the midst of all of that as well. That's right. That's right. We have a few stories about that. Just a few. Just a few over 28 years of being married. Um, But one of the ones that stands out to us that we always think about is when we took our kids to Wakiva Springs, which is just a little north of here, a beautiful spring and river um, that we wanted to canoe down with my mom and dad and our three kids. We were so excited. We got all of the training we needed on the side of the river and then we got in. Um, my mom and dad and the kids were ahead of us in their canoe, and Rodney and I were going to bring up the rear. And um, so they took off. They were doing great. And you and I, we got in there, and we do both have pretty strong personalities. You think? And yeah. And the okay. person in the back is supposed to make the calls. I didn't realize was that. I in the back? You were in the back. Okay. And I was in the front. But I also like to make calls too. So anyway, we were trying to figure you out how to canoe down the river. And so all of a sudden, we are just so confused because all we're doing is going in circles, just circles. And everybody else is going straight down the river. And you're t- saying to go a certain way. I'm saying we got to do it this way. And we never could get on the same page you for quite listening. a bit. We you just went listening. in circles and circles and circles. And finally, we figured it out as the guide from the side of the river is yelling out to us how to do it. So you have to do that on opposite sides at the same time. Yes. Yes. So in a little bit of humiliation while we were spinning in circles and circles and circles, going nowhere except just getting a little further away from the dock (laughs) while everybody else is already down the river. frustrating. But we were barking. I was barking orders at you. Yes, but I knew the right way to do it. Well, that's your opinion. (laughs) So anyhow, uh, back to the subject matter of how to handle conflict. Yes. Um, You know, it's funny because, and we'll unpack this in just a moment, but it's crazy how something like that can really create issues. I mean, it's like these little things that can, over time, you know, build or escalate into bigger things. But it's it's crazy what we fight over. It's it's crazy what we lose our tempers over. I mean, little things like squeezing the toothpaste. 
Yeah. Do you do you squeeze from the middle, or do you do it the right way and you do it from the bottom? That's right. There, you the, if you the read bottom. the fine print on the bottom of the toothpaste, it says squeeze from the bottom. Well, why don't you do that? <laughs> I do do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyhow, but it's toothpaste <laughs> issues that can create problems. Yes. Toilet paper is a serious problem okay. because toilet paper is always supposed to be come. It should go over the top. Yeah. Not under. Correct. I, that's yes. That's so correct. anyway, so that's another major issue yes. of problems that many couples fight over. Right. And in addition Silly to things. that, <laughs> driving is another major problem. That one's a little more serious. Because I have been known to uh, stop the car and get out and let you take over. <laughs> <laughs> because you were giving better. me like you were the driver's <laughs> ed teacher telling me what to do. Yes. So that, yes. that I am the firstborn. I do know how go to do over things very well. <laughs> so yeah, you are so, the fourthborn in the family. So I had to help you. Yeah. So okay. any, in anyway, back to the subject matter here. Just yes. Kidding. Obviously, <laughs> little things like that can become yes. big things. They can create a wedge. In those relationships. Right. And so I think it's interesting because what happens is that those little things, if we don't handle those little things in a in a healthy way, in a productive way or constructive way, right. they can be very unproductive and even destructive. In fact, it can cause people to go head to head, toe to toe on just dealing with sometimes, to be honest with you, just stupid issues. It's kind of like that guy, Michael Buffer, when he steps into the ring, the famous announcer, and he says, OK, let's get ready to rumble. But yet right. in that moment of rumbling, we start throwing all the verbal jabs at one another, and that only makes matters worse. Right. And it's obviously not just the little things. There's sure, bigger issues that we do. We're going to unpack that here in just <laughs> yes, a moment. Because if you've had any teenagers, you also have Yeah, issues. and the list goes on and on. So <laughs> yes. I think sometimes we can, it's like majoring, it's like the old saying, sometimes we major on the minors and minor on the majors. And I think right. if we're not careful, um, I think we can overlook the importance of things that can create major problems. Mm -hmm. You know, in year after year, studies are often done, and it seems to always go back to the same issues. In fact, studies still show that really the top five issues that most couples struggle with and really have fights over, you know, when it comes to conflict issues, I mean, it's obviously issues such as work, mm -hmm. um, disagreements when it comes to, um, you know, working too long, uh, maybe the current job, you know, that's creating problems or lack thereof. Um, you've got issues with disagreements related to how you raise children, how you discipline children. Right. Blended family, you know, uh, issues today create more major, complications. Major conflicts. Yeah. Yes. So disagreements as yeah. it relates to who's right and who wins when it comes to those kinds of issues. Right. Sex. Sex is another big issue. Money. Um, money. Yeah. In laws, yes, another major problem. But yes. again, those are ongoing. That just seems to be common things that obviously emerge in any relationship, specifically in marriage relationships. But what's interesting is this is a guy by the name of Dr. John Gottman. This is kind of an, an area of expertise of his. He's been working with couples 
for years and years. And here's what's interesting. 69% of, of marriage conflicts, he says, are never solved. Wow. So these, these are things that have never been brought to closure. Right. And the, what's, it's kind of like the, the canoe illustration you shared a few moments ago. They just kind of keep going over the same things, just circling over and over, and they never make progress and never move forward. And he mm-hmm. went on to say that out of 16 years of studying actually how couples fought when they got into arguments and disagreements, he said that with 91% accuracy that he could literally take five minutes and observe and how they're fighting to determine whether or not the couple would actually either survive in their marriage relationship or it would end in divorce. Wow. With 91% accuracy. Five minutes. Five minutes of just observing on how they actually dealt with arguments, how they fought. So you must be able to do it the right way. Well, it's, I think here's the, here's the lesson to be learned. The lesson mm-hmm. is, is it's not a matter of if we're going to have conflict. It's not a matter of if we're going to argue or have disagreements. It's right. how you handle the conflict. Yes. It's really how we learn to deal with the differences that, that are inevitable when you get two people together because we're all going to see things differently. You can, two people can look at the exa- exact same thing but yet see things differently. It's all about perspective. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why when it comes just to the overall issue of communication, for example, you know, one of my heroes and uh, somebody that I've always looked to and admired so much just when it, came, when it comes to the area of, of building strong and healthy family marriage relationships was uh, the late, great Dr. Gary Smalley. He was amazing. And he yeah. did, uh, in fact, he's written numerous books, but he had something that he referred to as the five levels of communication. And I just want to quickly walk through those because I think this is fascinating. He said there are five levels of communication, and the first is really the safest level, and that's just cliches. You know, it's just it's just normal communication conversations. Hey, how, how'd your day go? How things going? You know, nothing controversial there. It's just surface, you know, cliches that we kind of throw out there. Yeah. But then there's another level, and that's facts. You know, it's kind of like, oh, well, I heard it's supposed to rain later today. Or don't forget, little Johnny's got, you know, he's got soccer practice. It's five o'clock today. So those are specific things that we're kind of identifying as facts. Mm -hmm. But then the third level is where most of the problems occur. And the third level of communication is when we begin to state our opinions. Oh, boy. So the moment you begin to state, yes, the moment (laughs) you begin to state your opinion about whatever the issue is, that's when the fireworks begin to happen. Mm -hmm. Because you see things your way, I see things my way, you're holding to your opinion. And the problem is, is that most couples, it's kind of like Dr. Gottman emphasized, they never get beyond level three and they never get beyond that point. So Gary Smalley said that if you can't get past level three over time, it will destroy a relationship. Yeah. And and teenagers in the home, too, can stir that up. Oh, no question about it, because (laughs) teenagers are very opinionated about everything. (laughs) And by the way, they are experts at everything, too. Oh, yes, they are. I have So when they start giving their expert (laughs) opinions about everything because of all their years and years of experience, that's when combustion happens. We love teenagers, by the way. Yes, we do. We have (laughs) one left at home. We do. Who's 18, and he is awesome because he's like me. He has a very strong opinion about everything. Yes. So anyway, but Gary Smalley (laughs) said that you got to move beyond the level three to get to levels four and five. 
And if you can get to levels four and five, which level four is that place where you get beyond the conflict and the opinions and you begin to really talk through your feelings. And I think if couples or families can ever get to the place to where they can just be real and honest and transparent and say, hey, here's how I'm feeling. And then move to the last level, level five, and that's the issue of communicating your needs with one another. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, here is why conflict happens. It's a result of unrealistic, uncommunicated, unmet, or unfulfilled expectations. And so it really comes down to the tug of war of I want what I want, you want what you want, and who is going to win. So either we can get a handle on our communication and how we deal with com- really with conflict, right. or it can have a handle on us. Absolutely. And so what we want to do for the next few moments is we really want to um, dive into some practical application when it comes to handling conflict, I believe, in a very healthy, productive way, in a way that's going to allow us to grow closer together, allow us to move beyond level three, get to level four and five, where we talk about our, you know, our needs and we talk about our feelings. But I think also that's going to allow us to build bridges rather than build walls in our relationship. So what we've done, which we love to do, is we love to take something sometimes that can be a little complicated to discuss and simplify it. We love acronyms. So I've taken the word handle. And so we're going to break it down six Keys to handling conflict. So here they are, and you may just want to jot these down. Number one is the H in the word handle, which simply stands for hold your tongue and your temper. Hold your tongue and your temper. And I think the reason why this is so important is because it's so easy in the heat of the moment just to fly off the handle. Absolutely, it is. So easy to just kind of let whatever comes to mind flow out of your mouth And all of a sudden, now you're saying things that later you regret. You know, all of a sudden, the heat of the moment, the emotions take over, and now you are allowing anger or whatever words that are spewing out of your mouth to suddenly begin to impact the person on the receiving end. You can never get those words back is the challenge that we face, you know, because you're hanging on to what you said. Absolutely. And you do have regret sometimes when you let those words come out. I heard someone say, don't allow WMDs into the relationship. And what are the WMDs? Those are weapons of mass destruction. Yes, they And the are. weapons are <laughs> of words. mass destruction are the verbal bombs yeah. that we kind of just drop, you know, on our spouse or our kids because we allow, and again, in the heat of the moment, we allow the emotions to take over. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not even what we say, but it's even how we say it. And it's the emotion behind what we say that often is not just felt, but it's also the thing that people remember. Right. And so it's so important that we hold our tongue and we hold our temper. What's the old saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? And that could never be further from right. the truth. Because right. we I know. I remember that when I was a little kid. We know how words can cut like a knife. Yeah, they words hurt, are and they super wound. important in our life. So H is hold your tongue and your temper. A in the word handle is admit your anger. So two kinds of people, what are they? Well... I've heard it said that there are two kinds of people, that there are the skunks and the turtles. Okay. Yeah. So the skunks, <laughs> when they deal with conflict and when they have anger, they just spew it everywhere and they stink up the place. And then the turtles just hide and run. 
Right. So, and usually skunks marry turtles. Yes. And you have to know that going into a relationship, whether you're a skunk or a turtle. It goes back to the opposites attract and opposites attack. That's right. And so I think one of the challenges that a lot of families face is, again, the anger, the, the, the emotion of the moment can get the best of them. Mm-hmm. So we have, to, we have to hold, you know, our, our temper, but we also have to come to a place where we're willing to admit what we have said or maybe what we have done that has been hurtful. And here's something I think, it, honestly, it takes, it takes the ability to humble ourselves and to swallow our pride. Yeah. Because it's like the word pride, I is in the middle. Right. And right. I want what I want, and yeah. I'm right, and you're wrong. <laughs> so, so what happens yeah. is, is that we, we allow that to create anger. I think we learned that early on in our marriage. We would have these fights and like it would get heated and you're standing in the the restroom facing each other there you've been getting ready there at the mirror and all of a sudden you're in this explosive fight and um I just remember that I could never keep up with you in a fight you you had way too many words for me (laughs) and I would be the turtle that would just crawl in and and hide Um, but I learned that for us to admit what was going on in our hearts and admit the anger sometimes I had to walk away from that and I had to write a note because I couldn't get all my words out I could not keep up with you you know Um, when we were ready to rumble I couldn't keep up and so I would write you a note and then after everything kind of settled down I admitted what was going on in my heart through that note and then you could read it and handle it a little bit better and then we could talk about it so that was a way one little thing that we did that helped us get through yeah and and the reason why that was effective for me because again when you're when you're upset when you are angry you don't make good decisions no You, you say things that again you shouldn't have said right and you say things come out in a way that maybe you didn't intend and so because now the damage has already been done, you know, sometimes it, it, it does take a little bit of time for the dust to settle. Yeah. But what you did helped me see it from your perspective. Right. And I was able to process that a lot more effectively because I was in a frame of mind to be able to internalize that and realize that maybe yeah. what I had said or how I had said something did hurt. Right. And I think one of the most important things comes to it to really just admitting our anger, even if the other person is ninety nine point nine percent wrong. <laughs> it I think it's important that yeah. we come into the conversation and at least own the one percent that we were guilty of, because we again it takes two to tango. Yeah, that's tough to do when you are only one percent wrong. But you got to own it. That's right. So it's it's still coming to yeah. that place of admitting the fact that you're hurt, you're upset, you're angry, rather right. than trying to sweep it under the rug, pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that's interesting, because a lot of people have the idea, and that fact, it's a myth, that, that time heals all wounds. And the reality is, is that's so untrue, because time doesn't heal all wounds. When somebody's been hurt... Time only allows, if it hasn't been dealt with properly, time only allows the wounds and the hurt to get worse. Absolutely true. You don't go to the doctor's office and go into the waiting room and just sit in the waiting room and expect to get healed. 
you got to see the doctor. You got to deal with it. Right. You got to admit your problem and deal with it because you're not going to get well just sitting and waiting. If I'm the victim of a drive-by shooting, somebody comes and shoots me on the side, I'm not going to. I'm not going to just. Somebody comes to my aid, my my rescue. (laughs) I'm not going to respond to them and say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. No, time time will take care of itself. No. No, I'm bleeding. I need to get to the emergency room. Yeah. And so we've got to deal with the problems. We've got to admit our anger and. I think it's important that we do that. And the reason why is is anger over time, if it's left unchecked, will turn into resentment. Mm -hmm. Resentment turns to bitterness. And I heard someone say that bitterness is kind of like holding a match. It only burns the one that's holding it. Absolutely true. So bitterness will follow us everywhere we go. Absolutely. So we have to hold our temper. We have to, A, admit our anger. And then the next letter, the letter N, stands for no judgment allowed. You know, there's one word that I think can be a deal killer, and it's the word you. Because when we start out in a confrontation mm-hmm. with, well, you did this, or you said that, or you promised this, or you didn't do that, now all of a sudden we are pointing the finger because you never, or you always, or you should have, Right, And so what, what we're doing is we're actually trying to cast blame. We're pointing the finger at someone else. You know how you spell blame? Be lame. That's how you spell blame. Yeah. Be lame. So anybody who blames <laughs> is lame. So you That's can't right. blame others. I heard it also said every time you point your finger at the other person, you have three more pointing right back at you. Right. So we have to be careful when it comes to not judging People are innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. So you know what I've learned in life too. This kind of stands out to me um, that you we overestimate how much control we have of people. Like when we're blaming them and um, that it's all their fault, and but we underestimate how much choice we have in our lives. You know, because it's really about the choice that we make. It's our perspective on things. Because I cannot control you. I cannot control our children. And, but I do have a choice on the way that I will respond when conflict happens. Right. I can either choose to blame or I can choose to look inward and, and see that, you know, maybe it's part of my problem. Absolutely. And, and we have to be careful, too, that we can't also know other people's motivations. Right. So we, we can't see inside people's hearts. We don't, we don't know what they were thinking, maybe what they were feeling or why they may have done what they've done. Right. So we have to just... Keep that in check. No judgment allowed. Yeah, because hurting people hurt people. Absolutely. You know, and but if we choose with loving people, love people. Yeah. It's it's a choice that we make, and it's not easy. It's taken me almost fifty years to learn that one. <laughs> it's a hard choice to make. Well, let's move to the next one, yeah. which is the letter D in the word handle, and that's to simply deal with the facts. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we fall into this um, this trap of you know, assuming that we know what the other person is thinking or what the other mm. person is feeling when sometimes it could never be further from the truth. True. And we have to just deal with the facts at hand and speak the truth tactfully in mm-hmm. a spirit of love rather than in an accusatory way or go historical on people. And that's bringing up the past. Right. Where you're bringing old stuff up from 
previous arguments, yeah. battles that have already been fought, but yet we want to come back and we want to bring all those issues up again. And so we have to just deal with the facts that are at hand and make sure that we are being fair in what is actually you know, going on and we're not, again, being rushed or quick to, to judge the other person. But at the, end, the, at the end of the day, we really are trying to say, okay, why is this actually happening? Mm-hmm. Why are you feeling the way you're feeling? Why, what, what caused you to think the way that you were thinking? What caused you to say what you said? And I think if we can get really down to the root issue and just deal with the facts, I think we can really see that what we're really arguing about is minor because if we can get to the root issue of what's really at stake, what really matters, then we can bring, I think, a healthier and more um, realistic way of handling things objectively so that we can see what's going on in each other's world and from one another's perspective. Right. You know, it was something that we were talking about earlier, um, you know, just when it comes to, um, well, let's move on to the next one, because it really, I think this will be perfect segue, which is the Sounds L to me. stands for listen. Yes. So we've talked about hold your, your tongue, hold your temper, talk about admit your anger, no judgment allowed, deal with the facts, and now it's all about listening. And... Um, I heard someone say, seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Yes. And I think that's so, so good. And it's listening for the hurt in other people. Because I think sometimes we hear what people are saying, but we're actually not listening to what's really being said. Right. And when people say things that maybe are hurtful, we have to keep in mind, as you stated earlier, that hurting people hurt people. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> definitely, it's hard to to really listen to people because especially if you're a person that is, you know, a type A, in control type person, you're already figured out all their problems and you're going to tell them how to deal with their, with their problems. <laughs> you know, you're, you. you're figuring it out as they're, you know, as you're arguing and, and you're all, our, all we can focus on sometimes is how I'm going to fix your problem, right? you know, but it's, it's hard. You got to stop and listen. It's, it's a true fact of life. It's so important that we stop and listen to people. That's one of the reasons why when God made us, he made us with two ears right? and one mouth. That's right. And I think it's important job, that God. we, uh, that we actually listen more than we talk. Yeah. And if we would listen more, I think that's when we would have a, a better understanding of what's really going on. Right. I like to say it this way. It's important that we do a little drive through, uh, drive through window listening. Yeah. I could not believe the story you told me. Yeah. So the other day Starbucks. I'll go through Starbucks. Oh, well, I shouldn't goodness. have said that. Oops. Starbucks. Uh-oh. They're amazing. I they love Starbucks. Amazing. Every but day I will you say this because maybe we'll get a free coffee out that. of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I went through the drive-through, and yes. I'm guilty as anybody of doing stuff like this because I didn't, you know, sometimes you don't always listen. Ah. But I went through a drive-through, and I asked for my my usual. Yes. And I said I want a tall with my coffee with one packet of Splenda. Which we're gonna get off that Splenda. And they <laughs> they repeated back my order with yes. six Splendas. I said no, I, I want one Splenda. Went through the drive-thru, got my coffee. Two blocks down the road, I took my first sip. 
That's, that was the first mistake. Six <laughs> packets of Splenda in my coffee. That's unreal. So anyway. Unreal. But, you know, sometimes it is, we have to just stop and say, okay, let me repeat back what I think I heard you say. Right. Let me, let me actually see if I can make sure that I am clear on what it is that you're trying to communicate with me. Right. And so I think it's important that when it comes to listening, those are the kind of things that can make or break the conflict. Mm -hmm. And we can't be so hard headed or so close minded Mm -hmm. that we're no longer listening to one another. Right. Which leads us to the last one, and that is evaluate. So we've talked about, you know, so far five different areas to, to get a handle on conflict. And this last one, I think, is really the key. And it's when yeah. it's all undone, when, when the dust settles, we have to evaluate really what's going on and why we're feeling the way we're feeling, why the argument actually has happened or why we're seeing things, you know, in a different point of view. And we have to just actually let ourselves get into the other person's world. Yeah. And try to see things from their perspective. Right. And it's not always just a, a, the marriage relationship, as we mentioned earlier. You know, we have an 18-year-old son who is heading off to the rest of his life. And we've had some interesting conversations about that that got a little heated. And we could not seem to get resolved to those situations. So we had to step back, evaluate. And maybe we, you and I got some counsel on how to deal with it, uh, with the conflict that we were having. And we, ca- we came back into the situation having evaluated what actually he's saying to us is his perspective and he- the person, other people help us understand his perspective. And we came back in and then we could talk beca- and we could resolve conflict because we evaluated it and we had a better understanding of where he was coming from and he had a better understanding of where we were coming from because we came at it when we weren't explosive you know absolutely we came at it after evaluation and i think to wrap all this up michelle i think this whole issue of conflict again it's it's a issue that can easily get out of hand and i think if we are not careful we can put so much focus on who is right, who is wrong, mm-hmm. and we're trying to resolve the issue. And so rather than trying to focus on resolving the issue, we need to focus on reconciliation. That's good, yeah. Because try, resolution is focusing on the issues. True. Resolution is all about who's right and who's wrong. Resolution is all about you know, dealing with the same stuff over and over and over and trying to, you know, basically see who's going to stop doing whatever they're supposed to be guilty of. But reconciliation focuses on the relationship. That's good. And I think when we can get to a place where we are focusing more about the health and the, the growth of our relationship, where we're focusing on really getting better rather than getting bitter in the relationship, and I think that's where conflict can be a bridge to better understanding, better communication. I think our needs can be met more effectively. I think opportunity greater, for growth. Yeah, it, greater, everywhere. greater intimacy. Yeah, I heard heard someone say intimacy can be defined or described this way: it's into me, you see. Right. So if we can see into one another, right, and again, try to leverage conflict as something that builds growth and builds trust, 
and builds security. Anger is low. Honor is high. We honor one another through that process. Right. I think we can actually benefit from the lessons we learn through handling conflict in the right way. Right. Because people, these people, the closest relationships in our lives are the most important thing that we have in life. And we have to fight for that. You know, we can't give up easily. We got to fight for that. So we have to learn how to handle our anger and how to deal with conflict. Absolutely. Well, that's about all the time that we have for this month's edition of the Family Shift Podcast. And we just want to say in conclusion that it would mean a great deal to us if this uh, podcast is helpful and encouraging uh, to you. We would encourage you to rate it, review it, share it with your friends and spread the news. And uh, also, we would encourage you to to, to submit to us questions that you have. We'd love to hear from you. You can go to familyshift.com, but we would love, you can also uh, look for us on social media, on Family Shift, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, but we want to do everything we can to help answer questions that you are asking, but also we want to do everything we can to help you avoid the drift. We want to encourage you to make the shift so that you and your family can start living with greater intention. Well, we look forward to seeing you back and joining you once again for next month's edition of the Family Shift Podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. If you're receiving hope and encouragement from this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and share with your friends on social media. You can also receive the Family Shift Discussion Guide and show notes right into your inbox by signing up or download the discussion guides by going to rodneygage.com forward slash podcast. Once again, thank you for joining us at the Family Shift Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage.